Welcome back to the Dare to Dream podcast. My name is Vincent Van Patten. And I'm Gregory Russell Benedict. And this is a podcast to inspire you to embark on the adventure of your life. Today, we are joined by Brendan Backstrom. I'm very curious to hear if that's your actual last name. It's one of my most important questions. But Brendan has been one of the greatest mentors in my life, even though he's younger than me, I think 25 or 26. You have completely changed my life. So, Brendan, welcome. What am I supposed to say after that? That's a, that's a hard one to jump into. Um, I'll start with uh, the important part. Backstrom is an alias fake name to just fit the brand. You know, I had to do the legal name switch. That's really dry sarcasm. That is my name. I didn't get to uh, pick how that went. That was maybe perfect synchronicity or uh, bad forecasting of what the years of my back pain were going to be like coming up. But Backstrom's the name. Vinny is uh, an amazing guy. I've got to just even experience a little bit as more of a coach role for him and just seeing the sort of insight and inspiration he's given to everyone he's come in contact with in my coaching group. So like, this guy has a podcast, makes sense. Oh, he's a writer, makes sense. He's got this guy, Greg, who's like a stud working with him to do it all, makes sense. So for me to be a part of this, this is really what I live for outside of fitness um, I love the sort of stuff that you do. So it's, it's just cool to be here. I'm excited talking about whatever. So thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, just a little, little background. So I usually talk about at some point, you know, during each episode of podcast, my back comes up, you know, one way or another, just because it's been mm -hmm. the greatest teacher in my life. Um, greatest challenge, greatest teacher. It's hard to not bring it up, you know, with some lesson involved. Or, but today we're going to be talking all about the back, all about the journey that we have both been on, um, different stages. But yeah, it's going to be about pain and healing and fear, growth, and it's exciting. So just kind of kick it off. I know I was thinking about just how to, you know, introduce you, like what to call you, because it's not, I mean, you're a coach, but like you kind of said, you're just like a kid with a dream who got fucked up and had to heal. And that has literally been like your destiny. So like, yeah, how would you, mm -hmm. how do you describe, you know, what, what you do? Sure. In, in the least fake, deep, arrogant way. Uh, the, the toughest question, like an icebreaker in a room is what's your name? Uh, what do you do? Or what are you? And for if I just think it's bizarre to go around life and saying like I'm a plumber and I'm an architect and to reduce down to at least that's the way I am. Um, for me, I I was so selfish coming up to just want to be able to do the things that brought me passion and to be an athlete and to see how much I could overcome in terms of bad genetics or just being a little wimp, being a scrawny kid, getting bullied up a whole lot in school and just being last pick, last place, last whatever. I got excited by that and was able to find some like wisdom, I think at a younger age the most. So all I wanted to do was to like see the the full circle connect and see the silver lining of it. It was a longer circle than I thought. 
And you know the, the little trend people try to draw a perfect circle on a whiteboard? Life's perfect circle is really hard to keep it straight. I mean, you don't know how, how squiggly that circle is. And man, I haven't connected it yet. Maybe that's a wild analogy. But to answer your question, what am I? I, I usually say like whatever I have to be for whatever the mission is. So coach, I'm trying to be an educator in this season. I'm, I, I really take pride more in being a heart-centric person who people can relate to. And really my biggest focus is the past three years have just been on resonance and vulnerability because that's where my true wisdom lies. Um, so yeah, whatever you want to call it, I, I'd at some point, if all my dreams come true, there'll be a season where people say I'm an athlete. And uh, at other points, they might say I'm a speaker or maybe an author. And I think everybody, I totally could see how someone hearing that would be like, okay, dude, just answer the question. But I think it's a cool thing to think about. As kids, we were able to say, no, I want to be this, no, this, no, this. And we grow up thinking that's naive. Everyone I look up to, polymath, look 100, 200, 300 years ago, what would Da Vinci call himself? I don't know what Galileo call himself, what Ben Franklin call himself, what Hamilton call himself. There's a lot of lineage of just people who you can't pick a word. I guess those are outliers and we're not supposed to compare ourselves, but that's who I try to model. So, yeah, man, I'm a, a heart-centered person who cares, who's learning from my own just knocks on my head and trying to stay an open-hearted, just genuine person. So fitness has been the biggest sort of passion I've pursued recently in the past 10 12 years and um right now the biggest focus is just the low back gap the the miseducation the misunderstandings and the the massive growing problem the stats are there of just pain at younger and younger ages and that's how i've met people like you through the content i put out you saw some video i made simply telling my story and it Clearly, it wasn't bluff. It wasn't fluff from you or me. And we got a whole group. We got on these calls sometimes with 20 people in my coaching group. And it's like everyone under 30 saying, yeah, back pain almost took me out of this life. And it's uh, that's sort of uh, my biggest thing right now to work on a back back pain coach, I guess. It's my long-winded answer. So, yeah, I mean, lots lots of points there. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, no, no. It's fascinating. Lots of similar interests. Like, yeah, the people. I mean, I guess to start where, where it sounds interesting. Like, yeah, kind of pigeonholing ourselves into one. Like, I'm a writer. Greg, I'm a yeah. life coach. Um, but, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Like, is it, are you just like your your title or you know, are you everything else? Like, are you the empathetic person? And, um something that you I mean said to me on the last our call on Saturday um so yeah just to give a little background like so I'm in this program Redden's back ability blueprint um I've had back pain for the last seven years that came after an injury but something else that you said recently it's like it's not necessarily the injury that caused seven years of back pain it was a week back initially which probably led to the injury and then so many different factors have kind of just created this maelstrom of mystery and pain and you know yeah. wandering um so you told me that i was kind of saying that like i don't love to write about my pain because i don't think people really want to hear about it like and then you're like it's not that they 
want to hear about it. It's that they have. So you're right. Or they, they need to. Yeah. Yeah. And People may not want to, but they don't know what's coming when then when they read it. Sorry to cut you off, but it's uh, man, it's crazy. You don't even understand. I want to hammer that again, bro. That's the only reason you know me. I yeah. did not want to do it either. Dude, I mean, that's, I think that that was a huge, like this past week has just been a big, um, that was just a game changer lesson. Like I need to, the biggest thing in my life is dealing with pain every day. And it's something that I definitely share like 20% of what I'm actually going through. Cause I, I still, you know, I enjoy writing about traveling and poetry and the beauty of life, but I'm learning so much from the pain and just the lesson stuff that um, kind of bring this all together. It's like people don't want to hear about it, but people don't really want to. It's very generalizing, but it's not like people want to read these fluffy stuff, you know, about poetry, about traveling. It's nice. It's cool. But when they actually see something like I did just from posting that um, recently about, you know, just what I'm learning from, from you another person has reached out like, yep, I'm going through the same thing. And then like, you check out Brendan's stuff. Like he has been the first person on this whole journey who has actually given me hope that there is a way out of this. So it's, it's a serious, you know, like you said, most people in the program are like under 30 and yeah, I guess just using, um, I mean, for me, I don't know, this isn't really a question, but it has just changed the paradigm of like, this is leading into the next stage of my destiny, which is like using the writing, using the pain to actually start helping people like you're doing. And it just makes me believe in like divine fate. You know, it sucks that I'm in this, but, and still in the season, but it is definitely giving me purpose in life and leave it at that moment <laughs> what stands out to me is that Vinny, i've seen you shy away from talking about the pain both on the podcast and in your writing and yet now i'm here getting to meet brendan for the first time and the only reason you two met is because he had the courage the vulnerability to talk about his pain so it's this cool like full circle moment and brendan i would love to ask you because it sounds like you relate with both Vinny and i like talking about the pain is hard it's not necessarily what people want to hear, but it's what they need to hear. What enabled you to overcome your own resistance to talking about the pain and just put yourself out there? Yeah, um, it wasn't a a media process for sure, but it became very simple to me once it kind of got started with real life and seeing the impact. So it uh, it started really with a whiteboard of 20 things. This was exactly about two years ago dead broke in new york city entrepreneur quote unquote can't pay rent for the fourth year in a row super struggling and i was a fitness coach and i was trying to be trendy and trying to do what the leaders of the industry i was in were doing um it just never fit i was never like able to win with the winners in whatever way it was dropped out of college uh wasn't really impressed by the sports medicine field the information there i was still injured with the experts rubbing elbows at conferences and so all that feeds into basically this pivotal point where I remember there was 10 things. I did an exercise with my friend. What are all the things we're passionate about right now? No matter how widely different they may be, music to fitness to whatever, videography. And then I said, we got to circle three. And 
be okay to put the other seven on the shelf for a small amount of time. And then within the three, pick one that like you're not going to turn your brain off to and burden yourself with the awareness of the problem in that realm. So um, I remember circling like the only good things in my life at the time were the fact that I finally got myself out of pain, which I mean, Vin Vinny could explain if that were all that happened next week. I think you would have gratitude for the next 30 years. It's not a small thing. Um, had a breakup at that time, super broke. Like I said, this whole I'm a failure in life, whatever it seemed like. But I was out of pain for the first time in eight years. And I remember how weird it was of all the skills of videography I was learning, the content I was still trying to do. I'd already done thousands of posts and I had a thousand followers still, barely. And I was like, I could just talk about my like injuries, I guess, and this new style of training. Um, that seems weirdly specific and like I don't know if I want to be known for that. That doesn't align to my goals of the Olympics and my dreamers sort of stuff. And it was really hard for me at first because I think when we think about starting a new mission, at least for me, sometimes I would I would be more worried about how do I look like on the mission versus how am I going to experience every step of it? Like, how will I enjoy the journey? It's more, what's the, what is the image of that? Is that how I want to be known? Is that how I want my legacy to go? Is that how I want on paper for it to be? And it was like, just talking about my injuries. Meanwhile, I can't even get a view to save my life talking about anything. So I started with just one piece of content um, about injuries and just being vulnerable and it did decent. And then I remember about four weeks later, finding a little bit of a groove with that. I made the first piece of content where I totally talked about my back journey and being 21, having to call out of work because I couldn't walk for two weeks. And it, it felt silly because I'm like, no one's going to believe me. I've never heard of someone my age with serious back pain. I haven't. The doctors I went to kind of gaslit me on that experience too. And like, you don't have back pain, you're too young. Um, and where it all changed for me, how I got over the resistance all the way up to this point, I wasn't sure. And I had all these ideas in my head that were just based on theory. And when I made that post, I woke up the next day. And for me, it went super viral. I got like 40,000 views, which at the time was huge for me. And I had 16 DMs. And there were paragraphs. And I spent the entire day talking to majority of people under the age of 30, hearing my story a bunch of times from other people. And at that point, there was no more decision to be made. The weight was now on me. And the weight was either going to be considered a burden of knowledge or a blessing of the opportunity. But I could not go back to thinking that is not needed out in the world. So that list of 10 things, I want to do videography, I really wanted to make speed content or I could do this or that. It just became a, just a simple, non-bipartisan, whatever way you want to describe it. It was clear. There's no way around it. This is what I'm supposed to do. And if I don't do it, I'm going to feel some bit of guilt and burden. So once I reframed it to it's not a burden, this is an opportunity. My soul will never let me off the hook for not doing what I'm supposed to do. And it's, I like the fact that my moral compass is aggressively accountable. And then I just, I just submitted to it. And then it got easier as I went. Vulnerability became my strength. And even now I try to push the envelope and talk about things, non-fitness that I struggled with. And I could tell you, you do it a few times 
you're afraid of your friends to find out, you're afraid of maybe strangers to say stuff. Eventually you realize like the jig is up, no one can hurt you. Like nothing you share out there is actually going to come back. Anything you have cannot be taken from you if if it's real. Like there's no amount of sharing that's going to change that. So for me, the toughest part was the first few steps because I was over analytical. But as soon as you resonate to people, as you've experienced Vinny already, and once you're like, the path will unfold for you. It's like it's waiting for you. Maybe I over romanticize it, but when you fall into what you feel like maybe is your calling, it it just becomes more and more carved just for you, and it feels like divine timing or something. So, yeah, I had no clue how I, f- I fell into it, and then by the time I realized, I knew too much, and I was in it, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna accept this. This is, and it's been more rewarding than any other goal I had before. So, it's cool. It's uh. That's an understatement, but it's cool. Yeah, it's interesting with your thing and with writing. And it's like the more specific, we think that we have to be broad, like with creating content, just anything to appeal to the most amount of people. But the more specific you are with what you're going through and experiencing, that's what really resonates with like the most amount of people. It's because, you know, no matter who we are, what we're going through, we're all in some way going through different things. And what I, I mean, what I immediately saw and why I thought that your program was different than anything I'd ever experienced. Like we've talked about this on like our calls and just you went through. And after this, just kind of want to hear about your, the journey of, you know, your injuries and stuff, but you know, we went through all the band-aids as you call them, like, and nothing against physical therapists or anything, but unless they've gone through the back pain and the journey, it's it just all does feel like band-aids, like that the little exercise and stuff. When you just know deep down it's like this this is not gonna do it. It's not gonna cut it. But I felt with you because you had gone through it and you could feel that I mean you could feel everything that you just said, like coming through your post, like it's not that I chose this, it's that I have to do this. Like there's people out there who need this content. And it was just felt so real and empathetic. And that is what I've learned from this journey more than anything else. And I think probably you too, um, it's just that you're going to have empathy for life from this experience and just being able to feel people and what they're going through, no matter what it is, emotional, mental, physical, it's like life, you know, gets all of us at some point and yeah, it's once you go through the pain, you're calling it like once you're a warrior of pain, you kind of treat life with a light touch because you know like how badly it can hurt. And I was thinking about this and it's like, I don't want to cause other people pain because I I know how it feels to hurt and I just want to make the world better. You know, if, if I'm going to be hurting during the season, might as well do everything I can to make the world a little lighter. So it's an interesting it's just an interesting world we live in and situation that we've fallen into. But yeah, could you just explain like your, you know, from, I'll let you do it, but just your, your injuries and kind of what, kind of your upbringing a bit, a bit, because I don't, if you're comfortable sharing, like I don't really know too well either. So just like, you know, where, where you come from and injuries and what your dreams were as a kid and how it all changed and so forth. man. 
<laughs> from 1997 what how many layers deep in this onion do we want to crack into you know uh <laughs> i guess just as a well i'll let you whatever you want Love it. yeah whatever Love you're it. feeling um so yeah you said earlier i'm a little bit younger than you 26 um from the point of coming up i guess just as broad circumstantial like recaps on stuff growing up it was pretty figuring out things as i went born in a little hectic family had five siblings and it was a very fend for yourself single mom and she was working a lot and i just helped raise my siblings and so that fed into sort of like falling into sports and then what sports meant to me i think everything meant more to me than it was supposed to because it was always compensating everything in my life sometimes i, I see myself trying to acquire the whole world wanting to be super successful and i'm like yeah this is this is 11 year old brendan at work trying to trying to be worth attention or something and I, I see it how it played out through all of my childhood i was always an extremist and obsessive person about competition about trying to finally win and the irony was i came up being very naturally bad at most things huh. and i think it was the greatest gift because my stubbornness of like there's no other choice um like i said it was literally just me and my siblings and all i had was to raise my si little sisters and then like in poverty, I was super, super scarce with a lot of things, with a lot of family friends. I learned from, I got to stay with a lot of different cultures of people and just maybe a non-traditional upbringing led me to like a lot of empathy and broke me past, I think, a lot of the fear and bias. Definitely not perfect, but a lot of the human conditions, we like the separation with other people and how we, maybe the empathetic touch, I don't know. Maybe it's the perfect mix of pain plus like, figuring things out more on your own versus just social heredity. Like a lot of people just repeat the beliefs of their upbringing and maybe that's good. Maybe it's not, I don't know, but it's, it's definitely a rare thing to truly organically form your beliefs of what's possible for you, of your connection to this world, of what you're supposed to believe in beyond the world or your, whatever it is. Fortunately, I was just a blank canvas and no one really put much paint on my canvas so i was like and so i went for soccer that was my biggest thing growing up i did track as well um through middle school and high school and the injuries started coming like crazy because super small last place but i refused to be a victim i wanted to quit every day for some weird reason i think my friends were in the team and i was just embarrassed to quit i would stick with track for a couple years to a point where I realized like improvement comes after being the worst for two years. I literally got last place every track meet for two years, every race. That's a weird feeling to only get see back of jerseys. So the first time I ever got second to last, it felt like I won. And I realized like things mean so much more to me. People don't know what it's like to get last all the time. So I'm just glad I, I improved it all. And so I was trying to catch up. I was always super small, playing soccer two hours before school, doing drills at like 6 a.m., not sleeping, and trying to do what the pros said to do and the experts sunlight to skill development. And then after school, I had practice for hours, and then I would stay up to like 6, 7 p.m. 
and work on drills after practice. Like literally watching, what does Kobe do? He wakes up at three and I'm 16. I'm like, I'm waking up at three. And I actually would drive myself to the ground. And that led to my first heartbreak of knee injury and surgery as a teenager, which kind of started this whole like line of breaking down by the time I was 22. Um, So yeah, high school was a lot of just that obsession, mainly in sports. I didn't really do great in school and I, I didn't struggle to grasp things, but I just didn't identify as someone who was smart. I didn't really care for it. And that was a whole thing too. Like in my life, I've gone from being the worst athlete to being a pretty good college athlete. And I realized all of that is not set in stone. I went from thinking I was literally dumb, like, and never really acknowledged and recognized for intellect, thinking I'm low IQ to then people thinking I'm a genius. And I realized all of that's perceptual. Anything that you could think you're naturally bad at is, can have development. There's, there's no way that you could be stuck. Um, so that's great in theory, but getting to live it in real life, I just saw the veil get lifted at a young age with so much. So by the time I was in high school, the main gist, I guess, of what I could have said is I just grew up very fast. Things meant a lot to me. My life was supposed to be this movie in my head. I was putting everything into sports, um, and I wanted to go from the worst to the best. To me, that was the coolest silver lining to make out of all the times I got last, all the times I wasn't picked, or all the times I was called crazy um, from family or whoever for what I was doing. <clears throat> and then the tough part is like the hard work didn't feel like it paid off. I got the knee surgery at first, largely to the ignorance of the field. All of it was because I didn't know enough, truthfully. But the knee surgery, and then I had stress fractures in my shins, which are shin splints. I get worse and worse. You just go through it. The disc herniation that led to three years of like very chronic mystical feeling back pain where it went everywhere and it was hard to identify what was wrong. That was the biggest one. And then a sports hernia, which is some groin tear. But those four main things took over the like age 17 to 24. Up until two years ago, I was still this delusional kid, like from high school, trying to be a pro athlete who refused to get a real job, was only being a trainer. I went to school to study exercise science. Because I couldn't get help from surgery. I already tried the surgeon route. I already tried the physical therapy route. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to go study it myself. And did research and went really high up a ladder in my school to try to get to the answers and like get to the advisors and learn the real stuff. And I was at conferences helping present research I was doing for knee pain. And I still had knee pain. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> and then... Um, through that time, I was a trainer still learning from the best trainers I could. Uh, I was working at a physical therapy clinic because I became best friends being a patient there all the time. And I worked a year as a little tech and I got to see the real inside of physical therapy and who comes in and how they are when they leave. And when I tell you from being a trainer, being academia, being in physical therapy and being a patient, I saw the same gaps in every sector in many realms within pain and injury and I realized there's just there's the same ignorance everywhere so I thought my life was just going to be about sports and my journey I think that gave me the real like obsessive drive to stick with it and be stubborn but I'm so grateful I didn't become a pro athlete at 18 my life would suck compared to now if I was just a soccer player and I have like 
some little bit of clout from whatever. And I have this artificial life that looks good because look, I finally made it. I'd probably be in a real crisis right now versus having the longer way, taking the stairs and just being really hurt along the way and just staying pure and open hearted as much as I could. Turns out I can still be a pro athlete. And my, my purpose is way bigger. It's way deeper. And it's just like, it makes more sense what I went through and how I just didn't turn into resentment or whatever. It's, uh, it's the only thing that makes sense. I wouldn't have it any other way. So I, I definitely didn't cover everything. There's a lot in there that sprinkled a lot of pain points. I had a, a friend when I was 17 who was my best friend. I played soccer with every day. He uh, had cardiac arrest and he was in a brain. He was in a coma and basically went brain dead since then. And we were like, we're going to play pro together. And that like solidified, I'm never giving a clip and I was depressed for some years about it, but it's like, there's, there's been a lot of tests along the way of the, that just made it, I have no choice. Like I'm on this road. If I'm 40 years old, still dead broke, still no, nobody still injured. My life's going to be the biggest tragedy or it's going to be the biggest hero's journey. So yeah, that led me up until probably that point with the whiteboard where I started to figure it out. Unbelievable. I mean, you. we were setting up the podcast and you made a comment about it being hard and I was like, it's okay, it's not supposed to be easy. And then you're like, oh, we're going to get along just fine. And it brings up one of my favorite quotes, which is character, like a photograph, develops in the darkness. And it <laughs> sounds like there was a lot of dark chapters in your life and it led you to the meaning, to the purpose, to the mission. And you said something in the very beginning that I haven't been able to stop thinking about is that we all want this big, sexy mission where we look really good when we're achieving it and it's easy and everything is going great. And yet the real mission, the one that keeps you up at night, that you feel in your soul is usually a lot less sexy, a lot less Instagrammable. And there is that fear of, oh shit, if this is my real mission, am I willing to step into that? Am I willing to become the lower back guy? Am I willing to become the writer? Am I willing to become the podcaster? the coach. It's really interesting. And I would love to hear both you and Vinny, your thoughts on the value in going through hard things instead of having everything given to you. Because you said if you had the clout and it looked good on the outside, things might be empty on the inside. Yeah. I have wrote an article like six months ago that was a journal entry that I just felt inclined to share. And I drew a few pictures in it. And it was, uh, the title was, why good luck is the worst luck and i shared a lot of this stuff in just written form and how all of my greatest advantages right now were only from the development that came from what seemed like just uncanny terrible luck and then all the people that i looked up to early on that were ahead of me that they were doing their victory lap and just cruising and they just they really were given too much leeway for their own human condition to push and it's like seeing is really hard to break out of only doing what's necessary and so if i ask for the greatest story ever told when i was a kid i just cannot be surprised when it was like okay well here is an absurdly weirdly rare amount of just hardship back to back to back to back to back on many different layers of pain of physical of relationship of family of 
being homeless or whatever. And it's like, it all kind of just fit and made sense because in my head, I never let it turn into a victim story. It was like, I'm going to have so many books to write if I stay alive in this thing. Like for sure, I'm going to have so many. And I don't, and right now I don't believe it's just what you go through. I don't think you have to have, it's not a competition of hardship because compare me to just the most average life in a third world country. It's laughable probably, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, man, it's life is, I view it really now like a climb. And, uh, the reason why is I put in that article is that if you can learn to climb, the climb out of hell is the same climb to heaven. If you're in this ditch and you can't see a way out, like the only way is to just learn how to start climbing. There's no one's going to evacuate. You literally have to put your feet in the dirt and start walking up. You learn to climb. And the good news is once you get out of the ditch, AKA debt, you're in life debt. And now you break even, you have no money in life. You know how to climb. So the climb out of negative 100 to zero is the same climb from zero to 100. And that sounds like a cute saying, but I promise it played out. Me going from poverty to managing money is the same reason I got to here to running businesses. And then the same thing of getting out of injury to not being in pain. I've said this in many calls with Vinny telling these people like you figuring out how this injury came about and you finally overcome it. If you take this to higher levels, this is pro level athlete stuff. It's the same route. The route out of the pain is the route to power. Like it's the same exact line. So if you were given the life that never forced you to climb, it's like, that's, that's a tragedy in my opinion. So yeah, I'll stop it there. But it's, uh, it's, it's good luck to have bad luck and doses you can survive and handle. So that's how I've hoped and thought about it. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that you uh, impart in the program and just one of the key kind of philosophies is just playing the long game. And I think in life, and I'm sure, I mean, it's interesting because, yeah, you've obviously overcome this and you're at a great, you're on the other side for the back. You know, I have no idea how everything else is going, but from my perspective, you know, you've done it and I'm still in it. So it's, it is... <laughs> A lot of things you're saying, it's like, yeah, like I, I mean, it gives me so much hope because I, I have full faith that like this is all part of the process. And exactly like you've said, it's hundred percent making me, you know, who I'm meant to be, but you know, it's not going to be an overnight thing. Like when you're actually in the trenches, it is hard to see like, how the fuck am I going to get out of this? But it's literally just saying, I'm just going to do it one more day. Like one more day, I could handle it today. Focus on tomorrow when tomorrow comes, but it's taking a bird's eye view, just like this will pass, you know, like all things. And if I could just, I mean, I'm going to read just one of your recent uh, posts in our group that really hit hard. If you could handle the pain with faith in the long game, you end up with empathy and wisdom. If you let pain build up with hate, you end up with resentment. Don't let this life turn you cold, no matter the battles that come, whether back pain or all the rest. Everything works out with time if you keep building you. And I mean, that is, I wrote it on my whiteboard, on my fridge, in my room. Like that is the greatest lesson that I've learned in the last seven years and greatest lesson of my 20s and probably of my life because this is 
so formative, but just realizing that things take time. And even when you're in those trenches, um, like I am now and like you have been, obviously, things will get better, but you, it's hard to see when you're in it, but just be able to say, okay, what am I, what can I learn from this? No one's going to do it for me. Like, how am I going to get myself out of this? And how am I going to keep the faith and not let this turn me cold? But it's cool. Like, you know, we're all under 30. Things, it seems like like when we're young, we have these big dreams. It's like, oh, I'm going to do all this stuff. We want to make a splash. Like, now. We want to be... Because it seems like life is happening for the young, you know, movie stars and stuff. But it's just like the perception that we see. When you're actually... And what this has given me, what your group, your program has given me, it's like just perspective of the long game. You know, my dad's 64 and he's hitting like a new stride. He's a professional pickleball player. He was a professional tennis Damn. player back in the day. Yeah, he just like, I mean, athletics are such a big part of like my whole family's life. And um, we got a long life. And it's not like 20s are the only time we're going to be able to be athletic. Like, just for me, seeing that, that this is setting the foundation for a lifetime of feeling good and healthy and playing sports and stuff makes it less pressure that today has to go perfect. And like, you know, I have to be fixed by tomorrow. It's a long game. And I think that that's just a good perspective of business, of building a business, of finding what you're meant to do in life, of healing, of really anything. It's just realizing that I want to say there is time and there is, you know, in the grand scheme of it, but it's like, you have to be proactively doing stuff with your time can't be doing nothing but if you are seeking and you're curious it's another core pillar it's like be curious about what you're going through then you know the golden years are yet ahead yeah <laughs> yeah well and time is uh time is a very very interesting thing um first i i just want to let you know that the stage you're at is exciting um, and I could say that I, a lot of things I say to you are just so easy for me to have the words leave my mouth because look at me, I'm here. So it's like, be like, yeah, easy for you to say, but fortunately, you know, I, I'm wise enough to not say things I couldn't understand. So I've been there. And when I say you're in a good stage, it's because when I think about the line, the time frame of Brendan, everything I believe I'm a truly, truly on the inside believe is going to happen has already happened for me. That's how I just sit in my nervous system. Like I am an Olympian. I already won. I've seen it thousands of times. The world doesn't know it yet. Trust me. I'm sitting in things right now, three years ago, exactly to the T of what I wrote down. People told me it wouldn't. I've worked with idols of mine. I've created alchemy of crazy situations that shouldn't on paper happen, but I called it. I called game from being down 30 points. And when I'm most proud of myself, of all those things, everything in the future that I believe will happen and everything that I've seen happen, the the Brendan I'm the most proud of is exactly at the stage you're at. And you say exactly the same things I do. You have the exact, and it's it's the equivalent of the seed that's growing, but it's under the dirt. So it looks like it's not, and it's pure faith. Like seeds are still growing when you can't see it. It just hasn't busted through the ground yet, but that is the truest test. And that is where it's either going to 
go through to see the light because once you're seeing light it's easy photosynthesis pops through you could totally totally get to work then it's easy now i'm seeing i'm out people believe me my credibility of whatever things you've built but before that you got to be aware and just know like darkness is not a sign that you're in the wrong path that's a hard thing to do because it's usually painful but um you're in that stage where you're going to be proud of yourself for the rest of your life because of how you held your frame right now because you know that if there was any time it would have been easy to choose a different idea and view of this whole thing it'd be right now and so it'll never be harder and you'll never be prouder and that's my opinion just because i'm biased that's how it is for me brendan 2022 is the biggest g of anyone i'll ever know in my whole life better than an olympian or whatever because all chips were down zero reason to feel like i was going to finally get to it and i did and the cool thing is not just who you'll become but how you wanted to get there and what sort of ethos you were going to do when you got there that's all formed in concrete right now because if you well maybe it worked maybe it doesn't you get there and you're like well you didn't really plan what sort of person you're going to be without back pain but now you're sitting in empathy already. You're sitting in connection. The second you're out of back pain, you're not just going to go hop on jet skis and be like, life is lit. I'm good. You're going to get to work. You're going to be like, all right, God, God or whatever gave it to me. Now I'm burden or blessing. Here I come. I'm powerful. I have to, I have to see it through. And it's only because of the work you're doing now. So easy for me to say, you're in the best moment of your life, Vinny. <laughs> Enjoy that pain. But it's what only thing I got going for me is that, that remembrance. So, mm. Well, I do appreciate that more than I can express, and I, I believe it. On that note, I saw in like our group chat as well on Instagram um, for the group, obviously for the backability blueprint. Um, you posted about your delusional belief and that realistic and is is an illusion. Can you speak on that? Yeah, it's an illusion. The full quote was: "Realistic is an illusion that we all agree upon." You could take, I mean, it depends how deep you want to go. If we want to go to quantum physics, we could. If we want to go to the real life, how things play out in odds in life. Um, like I said, I've, I've called game from deep really early and things look lucky in alchemy, but how could you get lucky if you knew it was going to happen and you said it many times before? It's like you're aware before it happens. This stuff can be seen maybe in the spiritual lens. It could be seen maybe in a probability lens. I don't really care which way we cut it, but um, realistic doesn't make sense. The odds of us being born are one in eight billion of like you being you. I've heard Gary Vee say that one a whole lot. Just say like, you know, you're lucky. You're not unlucky. Being alive is one in trillions. But even deeper, like, um, I don't really look for the norm to try to base how I'm doing just because I was never fortunate or unfortunate enough to be normal like i talked about from the backstory of me everything was more serious to me than it probably should have been i was coming from a deficit of lack of parenting and lack of self-worth to where i hyper tried to compensate it and i gained a lot of progress but then i also felt the void still which then gave me the empathy and realized that's not what makes us whole and so all those sort of really core lessons before age of 12 it's a weird wisdom to have when you're not even sure like what you're, what you're even here for when you're a little kid trying to get your first kiss. Like, it's a weird life curriculum. But once that was the the basis and I started seeing this stuff come true, 
it was just like I look at the average lives and I'm like, I don't and I don't like saying averages of people are are higher or lower. That's not really it. But just truly like what is the normal for every situation of pain, of income, of journey, of what are the odds? I look at the outliers like I named a bunch in the beginning and the polymaths of the past. Well, even right now, we think the world is for the young, like you said, the actors, the athletes. I study people and learned about Jonathan Edwards, who was a triple jumper. When he was my age, his country wouldn't even let him compete. They said, you have the wrong wrong bone structure. He's this lanky white dude from Great Britain in triple jumping, which is a very, very athletic, explosive sport. And he just wasn't very athletic. I mean, he was athletic, but he didn't have the right build and he wasn't up there in the caliber. So he's this team doctors, literally doctors in his early 20s said, you'll never be a high-level triple jumper. It's not possible for you. So do you know who still has... This was in the 90s. Do you know who currently has the world record for triple jump? Jonathan Edwards. (laughs) Do you know how old he was when he got it? 34. He called game from 10 years deep. He didn't make the Olympics for over a decade, and because he couldn't take the normal route, he had to find another way, and the way he was forced to find was actually a lot of the stuff that I trained and a lot of stuff Ben Patrick, my mentor, trains, and a lot of the secrets that the outliers had to find because they couldn't do what worked for most people. And it turns out that's a superior way of training. Maybe not the best, but better. And so he had to train the same monotonous things, a lot of the stuff that we even do, for 10 plus years, more focused than most people could be. So unrealistic. So unrealistic. What are the odds of becoming an Olympian with that? One in a million. This is something I've sat with that I said at some point last week was like, if the odds are one in a million, how do I counteract that? I try to live the path that only one in a million people would. And I have to be, and it's not just like grind ice bath at three o'clock or whatever, because that's it's not necessarily it. But if I can have unwavering faith to intuition and being a student in all ways, playing the long game, paying attention to the parallels and the principles of everything life has taught you from why did you mess up in school or maybe why did you fail in that relationship or whatever it was, your issues with your parents. There's some takeaway there that you learned of the truth. And it's my opinion that truth is true everywhere. We may not be able to articulate it with language or be able to see it, but the same things I saw in childhood with like family dynamics, I got to see that in adults how they handle pain with their body. And you could just walk through the earth like calmer about if you feel your gut leading you towards something, probability and odds of what the world says is not, doesn't have to be the predominant compass for you. It doesn't have to determine what is really going to happen or not. You have to be willing to be delusional in a world that's honestly pretty sick. The world has a pretty high fever right now. And I don't think that's, I think it's a great place to be. I enjoy it. It's a very connected place when you find like-minded individuals. But what does it really mean to be logical in a world that's has things that could be figured out better? So realistic is just like cope to me. People feeling, oh, I'm on the path. I'm where I should be. It's like, says who? Okay, says most people. And then think about it. Who's most people? How are they feeling? And then you realize it's a collective illusion where everyone thinks something because they think other people think it. And then like everyone's just 
you're in a room where no one actually has organic thoughts. They're all trying to make sure they look like the other people and no one actually started their own shit. So it's uh, talking wild circles, riddles and stuff. <laughs> but it's like I said, it's not realistic talk. But I can tell you the list of goals that I have in my notebook, I didn't understand this stuff. And you don't even have to fully understand, I guess, the laws of whatever, faith, religion, God, universe, your life purpose, whatever. You don't have to understand it all to see it at work and then to start to like really stay true to whether it's your intuition, your purpose, your path. Um, just don't waste the lessons. And like, that's, that's the toughest thing, I guess. So realistic, I don't know what that, I'm sure we can pull up the Webster definition and if we'd, we'd be really interested in what realistic is like. You know, they'd probably say the most likely thing to happen. But what is most likely based on? All the past events. Well, what was that based on? Chance. So everything was just happened to be, and then it happened to be enough time. So we're like, that's fact. And that's how we have people saying back pain you can't cure because it happens to be 80% of people that have back pain at age 40 don't get out of it when they're 50. So that must mean the fact. And it's like, or we just suck at what we do and we can get a lot better. You know, so whatever it is, sports, your purpose, your your goals, breaking the odds of family generations of whatever it is, bro. I don't know. Sorry for not being concise, or maybe it's perfect fuel for the podcast. I don't know, but it's great. Passionate about company. this stuff. <laughs> You're in good company here with the long, wandering answers because that's what we love to do. And I mean, Vinny and I all the time talk about unrealistic versus realistic and having faith and staying the course. The piece that I'm still a little unsure of, and maybe it's innate, maybe it's learned, but the confidence, like that self-belief, because Vinny and I have our PhD in questioning everything. Things will be going good. And then all of a sudden we'll be like, wait, what are we doing? Is this the right thing? Is this, should we do something else? So for you, or maybe even for someone listening, how would you recommend they go about building that self-belief? Just run, run that simulation out further. So most fears, I feel like, most fears you don't really actually think about what would that really be like and then what and then what so if you're running this podcast and you're finding good progress you're on episode 152 uh, you, you're in the point one percent of producers of podcasts you're like there's no way we could fail if we keep going just odds are we're literally climbing so much we're going to be the world's best climbers it doesn't matter and it's like you crack the code on monday but the thing about being human is the emotions will sway enough on by wednesday where it's like what are we doing <laughs> We need, we wait, we gotta, maybe we gotta revamp something, do a whole new, get on Snapchat. They have shows on Snapchat. We should do a new thing. And like, you just start about to jump ship. But, um, if you think about the fear, the confidence of what if I'm wrong, it's like, just play out. Okay. What if I am wrong? What if I don't make the Olympics and I gave the next 10 years of my life to trying to, and I did it in this. And then like, okay, that really sucks. Okay. But like, what would that actually look like? How did, what happened the past 10 years? Well, I spent the past 10 years trying my best to do something crazy and inspiring other people along the way and showing the content of it. And then also I probably am the fastest human I could ever be, which is going to be super fun compared to now anyways. So if it doesn't work out, I'm extremely athletic. I quite didn't make the Olympics. Maybe I didn't even want to just like, I didn't want to be a pro soccer player anymore now. And I fell into something that has to be better because through me trying, even if I didn't make it, the fact of me not buying into fear makes me the best climber of life I could be, which will always bring me to the highest heights. Even if I don't know the path, 
even if I don't know the terrain. I got so good by trying. Who I had become is the only thing that I can really take away from everything. So the output, like when you play through that scenario, I gave it my best. It didn't work out. Damn, I didn't get the outcome. But I get to be the person who went for that and all the skills that come with that. What's more rare, medals on a wall or the confidence we're talking about? Because I go to a lot of my friends' house when we were teenagers, medals everywhere for sports. Do you know how many medals I've gotten in my life? I have like two little dinky relay medals when I was on that. I don't have medals. But I'll get a re- my third medal is going to be heavy hardware worth a lot of money. So it's like, but I got to become the person. I didn't have the token. I failed a lot. But becoming the person is the only thing you should be concerned about. There's no such thing as failing on the outside. And maybe that's just because I don't care. <laughs> maybe I just have this like delusional thing of nothing in life matters but becoming. So like the confidence is more of just like delusion. I don't know. Uh, just unwavering to like that. Those are the rules I want to live in. So screw it. I don't know. I think I wasn't, I wasn't given a choice, but to think like this at some point, but to advise to the people, like we were saying, how to reach that, just test it in small amounts. Like how I've reached the Olympics and any other goal I had was one day. I just thought, what if I used to be in my Instagram bio living out my what if story. I would just think, what if I did that? How crazy would that be? And I would just play with that thought. And then I would play with it another week. And like, what if I really did that? What would that actually look like? And I'll close my eyes and I imagine. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to go for it. But like, what if? And eventually I thought like, what would that have to look like if I did that? And then over a month, two months, it went from what if to like, oh, I think I have to do that. And then a year later, I already did it. Now I'm like going around telling people and they're like, yeah, whatever, dude. But I've done that with like four or five different goals. And it's scary how things have worked. So you could try it with small things at people's discretion, wherever their threshold is currently at. Think of something that's scary. What if I went on Instagram live and like saying, I don't know, but pick it. Um, the biggest, I don't think the devil's in the detail. I think the devil's in the distraction. So the only thing that will get you off the hook is if you don't hold that attention to that thought and you let yourself get distracted. And then uh, that's where you may not follow through with trying those new things. But the confidence comes. If you see this stuff happen once in your life, it's hard to go back to knowing it doesn't exist. So once Vinny's back is fully, fully good, he's over the hill, every time his pen is his sword, no matter what he's writing about, no matter what you guys are talking about, he is certain in what he's saying. Even if he doesn't know the facts yet, it's not even what it's about. Like the confidence that comes, things happen for a reason. You can make the most of it. You write the story. For life, you were gifted that confidence just by sticking it through. So start small. Pick something you care about, you know? Damn. I'm really sitting with nothing in life matters but becoming. And it appears I'm going to be quote guy today because another one of my favorite quotes is Seneca. You probably are familiar with this, Brendan. Where you arrive matters not so much as the type of person you are when you arrive there. So it's the person you become along the way. And like you said, with the Olympics or another goal, you might get to the point in 10 years where that's not even what you want anymore, but you're really good at climbing and you've become the person you were meant to be. And that opens a new door. And man, so inspiring. 
I'm so grateful to be on this podcast. I'm so glad Vinny told me I should join in this conversation. This is just firing me up. I'm sorry for holding the mic so aggressively hard. Um, I'm I'm excited. You guys have the perfect quotes to plug in, and everything I'm saying is reached with good context. Like you guys understand this because you're living it too. I don't think I'm any more, you know, hip to this stuff and that like wise to it really at all. Um, so this is cool for me to be here. So sick. I think because you know, as I put out content just about back pain. And having people reach out and say, like, I'm going through the same stuff. There could be listeners who are actually going through this too. And they're like, so like, what, what is it? What's, what's the journey? <laughs> so maybe just touch on or do a full explanation. Like, what are the misconceptions with back pain mm-hmm. and being young and having back pain? And sure. how is your approach different? And how did you come to it? Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll try to go from the the biggest grossly misunderstood parts to maybe the more details. So some of the biggest misunderstandings about the low back, it's tough to pick a number one, but I'd probably say that it's something to preserve, not something to build. Um, if you come up, think about your time at PE or grade school, running around gym class, um, just even sports teams, et cetera. Even to the most bare little boot camp for kids, they're having them run. They're having them do sit-ups, the front of their core. They're having them maybe do squats or lunges, maybe or running for the legs. They're having them do push-ups, maybe pull-ups. I've never seen a place ever, ever in my life. Please, someone send me a video of some little Japanese kids in class doing back extensions. It's, it just does. <laughs> yeah, please find it. So Somebody, because it... It's the it's the one of the most massively skipped part of the bodies, more than anything. When we just completely glaze over, we hit the the legs, upper legs, the front of the abs, eh, spine. No, nah, no, nah, nah, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Protect that. And then the upper back and the chest and arms. And and that follows. It gets worse as you get deeper, like more intense into lifting and gym culture, and then sports training, and then anywhere. So that leads to just straight degradation. Anything you don't lose, use, you lose. That has sprung so true in so many things in life, from cognitive function to you could even immune system stuff. Every level of your biology needs some form of use and some form of like proliferation that can only come through using it, and especially tissue, bone, ligament, disc, tendons, muscles, everything in your back is adaptable. Every single thing that can break can build. Backed tissue in the body. The second thing that is probably one of the biggest misnomers is that back pain is an age problem, which partially, right? The correlation is there. There's a step in between. This is kind of feeding into, I said, something about time is interesting before, which we could talk about what youth means because of time and novelty and time just goes at a different rate when you get older, et cetera. But we just think about even what age is. Age is just living with the passing of time in between. You can't blame the number as the problem with your pain. It's If you didn't have back pain at 20, but you have back pain at 30, it's not the fact that you're 30. That sounds so silly, but it's really how people think about it. 
It's about what you did not do and the very slow spectrum of breakdown that happened from the time you were 21 to 23, 24, 25, 30. All this stuff happens very gradually. As you've learned in my program and all the things I've been preaching over and over and over, long game, it's going to heal very slowly on the same. The blessing of life is that healing usually happens faster than decay for whatever reason. Maybe we just have this extra advantage and we're just gifted. But um, it's not about age. And you know how I became aware of this? 21 years old, back in the doctors again, third time. They doc, the rest didn't work. Took the painkillers, now I'm a drug addict on the low, taking hydrocodone, dealing with my emotional pain now with drugs. Like, okay, this didn't work. Now what? Well, we could do surgery. Okay, I'm an intelligent guy who asks questions way too much. What's the surgery specifically going to do? Well, we're going to cut this piece out and try to get rid of it. Cleanup. What's a cleanup? What are you cleaning up? Because what's dirty? What does that mean? Help me out. This isn't a bathroom we're cleaning. Okay, so we're going to take out pieces of ligament next to my bone. A dissector. Okay, we're going to do this. Do I need those pieces you're taking out? Uh, I mean, yeah, but no, you don't. It'll be fine without. If you strengthen enough and learn not to round your back enough and just learn properly to brace all the things that didn't work the first time. We're just going to take out parts of the pain and then hope that you're going to be good later. So maybe this is the third point, that surgery can fix problems that were not immediate, acute car accident type of stuff. If anything came on slowly, the surgery may be needed for whatever reason at the point you're at, but the real healing starts once you're out of surgery anyways, which is going to be fixing the original problem you had. So... Fortunately, with my knee surgery, I got to learn early with a less consequential part of my body. I had really bad tears in my tendon. I got the, and I had tendonitis. I got the knee surgery. It took me eight months to recover from it. The injury of surgery, because surgery is an injury. And once I was finally got my range of motion back, got the scar healed, I got everything in the back, I still had the original issue I left off with. But it just took me eight months to get back to exactly where I left off. But now I have like permanent numbness in my knee now because of the surgery. So, you know, all these things may catch people or not. With the age stuff, it's just I want you to take away that you're not doomed for back pain. You're not doomed for pain anywhere and in your body, tissue-wise, at any point in your life. I've literally seen 85-year-olds get back to doing sports after not being able to walk. Like, and joint pain bone on bone. They have all the diagnoses that you would fear. And they've overcome stuff. Is examples out there. There's Jonathan Edwards out there. They're not normal, but the, the fact it can happen, they're by, they are human as you are. If you can get a cut on your hand and it heals, that means you can still heal. That healing is a little different than the inside, but it's not that different. It's immune. It's literally responsive inflammation, a proliferation of tissue. The skin will heal faster than muscle. Muscle will heal faster than bone and disc, but it all can be done. So... If you're old, you're not doomed for back pain. If you're young, that doesn't mean you're safe from back pain at all because it's not about age. It's about ability. What are you able to do? So we can't skip it. Number one. Two, it's not about age. It's ability or loss of it. Three, surgery can only fix surgery problems. Like surgery solutions can only deal with the slight isolated. You have a you have a bullet in your spine that shouldn't be in there. We're going to take that out. Okay, well, that makes sense. Or you have a massive nerve block and this crazy herniation that maybe in 35 years could calm down, but you, you're going to want to do something about that. Okay, but you still have to build. 
Um, and the fourth thing I'll just say is like, just in terms of the whole body, fear and avoidance only gets you better at being afraid and being vulnerable. Just there's no, the joints, just like the mind, the body and mind are really very similar in how they handle things. Mental health is very reflective of physical health. How things heal slowly over time. You have to face it. Graded exposure is a term physical therapy uses and counseling therapy uses. That just facing things that you can manage at a level that won't kill you, you become a better climber. So, yeah, back pain is just for the physical side, the most emotional, the most widespread form of pain. So it gets convoluted the most, but it's it's not more complicated. There's a spine has dozens of jo joints and bones and stuff, so it's not fix one thing it's likely you got to fix a lot of tissues just to fix your back but still um yeah i think i was perfectly like prepared for the back problem the awareness the burden i have of my own injury all of that only because of all the backstory of the past 70 minutes about life that i gave and that's why when i hear sometimes and i literally not trying to call out or diss other people who are trying to help people but the experts i followed to fix my back it didn't get me there and i think there was something heart centered the parallels the principles to something they didn't have back pain there's something that i was just missing to understand to navigate pain to use it as clues like i don't know so yeah man um forgot the original question here we are handing the mic back you guys should have the plug to pull at any point, but all right, and thank you for time. And next question, but back pain, <laughs> man. It's like it doesn't have to be. It's you know how hard it is. You know how confusing it can be as the person going through it. It could have been a way calmer experience. It could have sucked from the very beginning. But imagine I was the first person you saw after your back injury. I don't know how long the healing would have took, but you would have had way more clarity from someone who went through it and understands like it's it's not always that easy. I'm not saying it's fast and I'm not saying you make fix everything on paper, but the scalability of the stuff and the simple like things we were missing gives us huge direction. I don't know what your first steps after injury were. Maybe that would be good for people to hear too, or how it did go. Yeah. So yeah so i was pretty much i did it um in college maybe greg can test i just won pretty ham like i was partying we were in the same fraternity but i was also just like working out too hard um, you guys know each other from then yeah we're college brothers these are road dogs these are brothers. okay i got you you're deep. and i can attest to the vinnie van Patten six hour workout yeah I was where just my shirt think, was just drenched that's kind of a thing you think you're done and then it's 45 minutes of walking lunges to round it out. Yeah. That type of crazy. Nice. Yep. So I was probably overdoing it. And, uh, but it was after graduated, just, you know, working out, doing like lunges, I think. And just boom, I was in San Diego. I'm from Los Angeles. Something went wrong and then drove back home. So like sat in the car driving for like almost three hours right after this. Don't think that helped. I don't remember the initial, like, just the first, like, year, what I really did. Um, but I know I went through definitely different physical therapists who did all the band-aid stuff of bird dogs and 
tapping the wall and um, just tell me that I'm really tight and yeah, too young, too young for this. I did the whole Rolf method, which is like deep tissue, physical mm -hmm. therapy, did like the whole full body thing there. Um, yeah, just over the years, tried different things. Uh, chiropractor, like best chiropractor in Los Angeles, like one of the best in the world, like just was going for it. He's literally put his hands up like, I can't fix this. I don't know what's wrong with you. But it's good to point out just like quick, really short, like this stuff can have some value. It can help some. But remember what we were saying of all the precursor causes. We skipped it. It's not age. It didn't just happen to you. We don't train the tissue. It's going to break down. It's unfair to ask any of these methods to work. Right. You know, they're symptom chasing. They're trying to work on that and they're not getting out the reason of the fire. They're dealing with smoke. And so I just want to add that. If anyone's like, I love my car. I was like, no, okay. That's, they could help with some stuff, but for sure, you know, it's a great point. Yeah. It's obviously it's an emotional one because yeah, we, it's like, they didn't give me any answers, but you can't expect them to, you know, have the answers. But the hardest thing was just not knowing. I'm sure Greg, you know, he's seen me break down on multiple occasions, just not knowing what the hell to do, like which direction to turn. That was the most difficult thing of the mental hurdle of, is this going to be forever? My hope, it's like, I mean, I never really stopped working out. I was always in some degree of pain, as you definitely know. You want to still be in shape. You want to look good. I still battle that now. Like, I still want to do the bench press and you know all this, the classic gym culture stuff because I don't want to lose whatever I got <laughs> but it's like you got to give that stuff up to to just in this meantime while I'm rebuilding um, and then like you say once I'm fully healed I know it 100% that it's just going to be an explosion of you know being in the best shape of my life and I don't know when that's going to happen but I'm certain that will and you know, finding you was giving me just having that mental direction now of even if I'm hurting today, I know I'm on the path out of this. And that has been the greatest gift. I think just the whole thing, the knowledge of what I take, what I learned from you of like the neuroscience and all your firsthand uh, empirical, you know, uh, experience it's it has been just having you know mental direction out of this and can't thank you enough for that so kind of wrapping things a little bit we'd like to finish off with what does success mean to you about this one <laughs> um what does it, first i appreciate what you just said um it's uh I think Vinny would vouch that the, one of the biggest things that I try to instill in anyone that works with me, I, I do not want to be framed as the expert. Actually, the most consistent message I try to give is that you are the expert. And that's not a feel-good saying. Because anything else is a lie. Anything else is a sales pitch. And that's what I've, I got a lot of working with professionals. Um, with people that I like, I have to come back for the next treatment. I have to find the next way. And no one equipped me and empowered me fully with like the knowledge that I could use for the rest of my life. Not about the exercises, the principles. How do I look at this problem so I can find my own solution? And if I teach you, Vinny, 
it's not about your L4, L5. It's not just about the multifidus muscle. It's not about just the disc bulge. It's about just look at what you're able to do or not. Look at your body's expression. Think of anything you can't do. You can't walk down the stairs with pain for knee pain, or you can't bend over to try to get to your shoes. Work backwards and look at what is a scaled back version to where you can build the quality on a level that looks like a joke. It's like, okay, bend over one inch and try to put this much tension in your back. Think of it as watering a seed. It might take six months, but quality's coming back. And that's not a bo- the point isn't about that example. It's just a fact. If I could teach you that discernment, give you the tools of finding the solutions, you don't need me anymore. Thank God. Like my goal isn't, how am I going to run for the Olympics if I don't help anybody get their own back fixed so I have some time to run? Like I can't be the solution. I got to help people realize they are. And then the job is done. And then things can spread like wildfire because you'll be a Jehovah witness for the real truth of fitness, which is not low back ability. The Instagram It's going to be these principles I learned and then they'll be raving and hopefully I get lost. I do not want to be known as a person who fix a little back because big back industry scares me. Like I don't want to be the one who disrupts all the, the money that comes in. And I'm not saying it's that big of a matrix, but um, I appreciate everything. The gratitude because I have the same gratitude for mentors who gave it to me. And I just learned some stuff, doubled it, passed it down. And all I ask is you do the same. And uh, you know, that's that's the greatest gift is to be able to do that. So, um, in terms of success, <clears throat> I just, uh, I want to leave empty. So the biggest shift I could say from being a kid was about all the things I'm going to acquire. So that way I could show, Hey, look, I'm actually worth it after all. And I was going to use maybe all these tokens, maybe the accolades, maybe the whatever things on paper, my resume behind me to say, look, I'm finally worth it versus flipping it. The biggest burden or blessing I've been given the weight of is you've always been worth it. This whole life is just you realizing it, not proving it. So your job isn't to acquire a whole bunch of stuff that won't come with you. Your job is to circulate everything that flows through you and die empty. Everything I was supposed to do, every idea that came to my life, there was no part of human fear that blocked that circulation. Maybe I didn't have enough time. Maybe I didn't overcome certain limiting things of me in the time frame that I wanted. I wish I was already at certain places by now, bro. I thought I'd have a million followers by now. Not because I care about a million followers. Because I do know there's some ratio of more followers for back pain to more people solved in it. And I get DMs of kids saying, yo, I was going to kill myself last week. And I saw your stuff. And it just makes me think about the kids that didn't message me. Just of the sheer numbers of hundreds of thousands of followers. Maybe that's not for me to be upset about, but it's just like, I don't want my concepts, my ideas, my human shit from being a kid to get in the way of, I'm supposed to flow everything through me. Whether it was divine or this is a rock on lawn, it doesn't matter. I have been given more. I have to give more. Like I have to do more and just die empty. Everything I was supposed to do, it's done. Everything that came to my mind is done. And you can sit in nature and see that circulation is life. Anything that sits still and stagnates dies. If you want to drink river water, you're probably good to do that. Go drink water from a pond, stagnant, you're dead. And I think a lot of my suffering cleared up when I started going, just living life on go. Got rid of the fear, full confidence, try, fail, boom, because 
stagnation happens. You get congested, even with ideas. And so for me, success, some I really struggle with, like, and people around me, my girlfriend, et cetera, might struggle with like, hey, you don't really enjoy things enough at the time. And like, I want to go on vacation or enjoy whatever it is. It's not even about vacation. It's just like, feel proud of yourself. Today was the last day. Would you be happy? It's like, no, not at all. Because I know I, I should have went at a, a different speed or a different flow. It's not about faster. I don't want to push the brakes more. I just want to feel like my, I'm sorry, I don't want to push the gas more. I just want to feel like the brakes are finally off, that I'm literally a free flower. Everything I can do, I'm just feeling good to do when I do it. And I've come a long way. Maybe it's unrealistic to try, but that's my zenith thing I work towards. I don't care if I get it or not. That gives me peace because I have realized about the acquiring route that my life right now, I'm living a, a former dream. My past self dreamed of the current life I have and I don't feel fulfilled. So it must not be about the fact I got things. That was a blessing because it gave me the proof of these concepts and the confidence in, in what we can't see. So now I can more faithfully do it. But I think the jig is up for me. Like, I don't think the Olympics will make me happy. I think the fact that I was supposed to go for it and I did is the whole point and inspire other people to do it. So, yeah, success, die empty, have nothing left, gas tank on E, you know? Yes. Amen. Damn, that is good. Not that I need to press the gas harder. It's just make sure the brakes are off. Damn. Yeah. Love it. Then you know you're enough. You're fast enough. You've always been fast enough. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go fast. You don't have to do anything new to change it. And that's like every profound truth I feel like I found was just a realization or like remembering. It wasn't like every time you get to a truth about fixing your body, Vinny, I promise you probably could vouch for it. It's like, oh, that makes sense. I should have thought that. Like it's that simple. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. And it's that's the thing that brings me back home to like feeling like Average, the past makes sense. The tough things make sense. The hardship makes sense. Why I didn't get it makes sense. The solution I now have is so simple and plain to say, well, I'm glad I have it. And like the gas thing for me, just like you literally have everything already. What a big weight on your shoulders, <laughs> but you're good. So your back is, is going to be great very soon. And Good news, you already have everything you need. You're just going to have less discomfort sitting in that chair. True. So, room oh, for man. you. Well, keep it up. Thanks, man. Keep it up. Cannot do without you. Seriously, it's been such an unreal journey of my life. You know, starting with this back pain at 21, and I'm in awe every day of going for my dreams and having this problem, challenge, difficulty that is entwined with these things that I, you know, being a writer, like that just came out of kind of nowhere. Um, but then it's like, you know, it's my mission is being developed through this challenge. And like, you know, we've talked about the obstacle is the way, the challenge is the destiny. And it's, that is truly it. And when you start to see that and can learn from it, even when you're in it, it's incredibly empowering and life just becomes this delusion it's beautiful delusion it's like what can i do and can't fathom 
things that are to come. And dude, just, yeah, again, cannot tell you how grateful I am and just how many lives you are changing, man. It's unbelievable. So stay at it. I know you will, obviously, and try to enjoy the journey as much as you can. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Thank you. It, it only the biggest reassurance I have and like uh, signs that I'm on the right path are combos like this, are the combos we've had in the chats and the combos we had on the calls that we do and the classes and stuff and just the, the other people that you've heard. Um, sure, I would have always felt like this, but it just does feel good to to experience it with other people. So I'm honored. I'm, I'm grateful just as much as you. I look up to you guys more than you probably know. So thanks for having me. Thanks right, so much, Brendan. Last question. Where yeah, can bro. people go to learn more about you? They listen to this episode and they're like, oh my God, my back, <laughs> I have this back pain. Or they just want to learn more about you and your story. Yeah. How do they um, find you? I'm only on Pinterest. So you got to <laughs> really clear out some storage on your phone. Redownload that one on Tumblr and Pinterest. Um, no, I'm uh, low back abilities on pretty much every platform, LinkedIn to Facebook to Instagram, etc. And uh, yeah, YouTube, low back ability. Thank you for having me, guys. And if anyone wants to reach out, I do try to answer messages about whatever, sometimes a lot or not, but I try to be, you know, we could chat about stuff too at the back if you need help. Vinny's the expert asking. You know, already starting. Already starting. Stepping into it. Nice, bro. Nice. All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in. We love you. See you next time. Peace.